Welcome back to the Eat, Drink, Travel Y'all podcast. I am your host, Steph Forer, here to talk about all the food, drink, travel, hospitality star, rock stars out there. And I am so excited today to have Chef Jose Garzon from Garzon Latinx Street Food in the house chatting with us. We're going to talk food, Seattle, his music career. This is such an interesting guy. Um, Chef, thank you so much for being on the show. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Super (laughs) stoked to be here. I haven't seen you in over a year. I don't know if you remember this. I haven't seen you since the Osaka Street Food in 2019, 2020? 2019, New Year's Eve, the the last day before 2020, before the, <laughs> the year that shut our lives down. We didn't know. We were all having a big party. and That was such a cool event. That, that was, was so, so that was so cool. I, I And I remember, I think you were cooking like this pork dish. Is yeah, that, was still, yeah. Our, our chipper bowl, it was like rice, beans, and like a pernil in it. It was awesome. I, I, that was like my favorite dish there. Don't tell, <laughs> don't tell any of the other chefs. I mean, there, was, there was a lot of good food there that night. I probably shouldn't say yeah, that. Yeah, there was a lot of good food. I, yeah, I that was, so that was much. so much and fun. So much. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm like, I remember that a little bit. I mean, it was New Year's Eve. We were all having a good time. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, it's nice to, I mean, not in person, but see you. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So we're like I said, we're gonna chat about Seattle and food, but first I just want to talk a little bit about your background. Um so Chef Garzon is from Ecuador um and lived there till he was 19 years old. So I mean just tell us a little bit about growing up there and you know, some of your first experiences with, with food or you know totally. memories that you think of when you think of cooking there. Totally, totally. I was born and raised in Guayaquil, Ecuador, uh, the coast of South America. My mom worked for the government, so I was. Uh, we were going through from uh, from Guayaquil to Salinas, which is like the coast. We did a lot of traveling through the coast, um, also the Galapagos Island, and you know, just uh, a lot of a lot of water around me growing up. So, <laughs> um, my first memories of food, I have to say, come from home. I mean. I was raised by a tiny little African lady. Uh, her name was Lola, and she raised all of us from my older sister to like all the way to me. I was the youngest. I have a bunch of sisters, and uh, technically, I grew up in a kitchen. She, you know, since I was a little baby, she carried me around while she was cooking three meals a day. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of pictures of me eating you know, eating next, next to a trash can because she was cooking <laughs> and I was just like sitting next to a trash can, eating, which is funny because now I'm a chef and that's pretty much how I eat all the time. It's next to a trash can. So, you know. Um, <laughs> and how, what an interesting, like, I mean, so you're living in Ecuador this, and she's African, so I can yeah. only imagine the kind of like flavors oh, and yeah. like unique food experiences like that you're having as a child with that, you know, totally. combination of cultures. Ecuadorian food is actually a really, really interesting uh, kind of food because it has a lot of the African influence and it has uh, the, you know, the native uh, South American and then you have a lot of the Spanish influence. So um, a lot of the people that I was uh, doing pop-ups in Seattle were Filipino people because Filipino food and Ecuadorian food are literally the same kind of food. It's like we don't use a lot of soy or ginger but it's like they have bistec, we have bistec, they have baboy or sisig, and we have pernin, which is the exact same thing. I mean, um, a lot of the pop-ups I did at the beginning was with chef like, you know, 
uh, Domingo Ramos and Jerry Gutierrez and uh, Brian Marayak from Barcada. So um, it's because we literally were cooking the same food and the Filipino crowd loved it and the Latino crowd loved it. So it was, uh, we did uh, in Bar uh, Barcada, we did this uh, uh, pig roast, which we call Chino Latino. And we actually had to stop doing them because they got too big. I think <laughs> the last one we did, it was like, there was a 130 people line and the restaurant sits like 40. What? So it got ridiculous. And then it was just like me, it was Brian making drinks. My partner, Stephanie, of which is who I created Garcon Line Next Street Food with, she was at the door. And then me and Gerald cooking in the back. So it was, it got pretty crazy. So that's, that's amazing. Like, and I, I had no idea that yeah. Filipino food and Ecuadorian yeah. food yeah. were so similar, but it sounds like they have very similar food influences. The so that, are exactly the same. You got the Spaniard and you have the, you know, the native and, 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 um, and the African, you know, lots of, uh, in, in Ecuador, you see it more because of the plantains and the, you know, the yuca and all that stuff. Uh, but we also eat rice with everything. I eat rice three times a day. Still do. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No, okay? yeah, totally. I mean, I love a good bowl of rice and beans. Um, totally. Yum. Well, um, okay. So very, very cool. Very interesting. So tell us you, tell us what, how, what led you to leave um, so, uh, Ecuador? In Ecuador, I, I was signed to a major label when I was 16 years old, playing music. And then when I was 19, they wanted to put me in the United States. I didn't speak any English, so they put us in um, Puerto Rico. While I was in Puerto Rico, <clears throat> uh, story of my life, as soon as I get to Puerto Rico, the, drabel, the label drops us. So I have no <laughs> job. I'm there doing nothing, uh, which actually, you know, you know how life is crazy. Like, you don't realize that you're, everything that happened in your life, it's, it's meant to that one moment, like, I learned so much without knowing. I learned so much about food in Puerto Rico because the culture and the food is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, a lot of great food in Puerto Rico. Right. And right, right, right. And I wasn't like, I didn't go to Puerto Rico to like San Juan and like, the, I went to like the island. I lived there and I was working there and stuff. So I really got to talk to a lot of the people from there. And I didn't, I didn't even eat at a lot of restaurants. I was eating at, you know, at my friend's houses, their mom's cooking, their grandma cooking. You know, I was going to, you know, backyard barbecues and stuff like that. So I really got to experience that. Um, but I had no job. So I was like, what am I going to do? My <laughs> friend is in Pennsylvania and he's like, yo, we're, you know, we're building a studio here. We need session musicians and blah, blah, blah. Moved to Pennsylvania. <clears throat> when I moved to Pennsylvania, I played there for a little bit. And I find a friend uh, through friends that he's like, I'm in Miami. And a lot, of, a lot is happening here, you know, so you should be here. And I was like, okay, I know Miami. There's a lot of Latinos there. And I still didn't speak a lot of English. So I was like, that's perfect for me. Mm -hmm. So I was between Miami and Southwest Florida for about 12 years. Okay. Still and you're, you're playing music, you're cooking. I'm, I'm on the road eight months out of the year and slowly going down, right? Once I... You know, and, and you're and playing music, right? And 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 when you say you're playing music, tell us what instrument you play or instruments you play. So when you're a session musician and a touring musician, you play whatever pays the bills. I mean, I was playing <laughs> drums. A lot of people, the first thing they ask me is like, "What kind of music did you play?" I mean, I played. I was Ashley Simpson's bass player. I was. What? Yeah, That's I played crazy. Country. I played country. I play for a metal band from on Victory Records, which is like really heavy, called the Bunny the Bear, which is like literally, <laughs> it's like old screamo. And then like, I ended up in Washington 
um, by because I was traveling here almost twice a week sometimes. And um, I was in, in a band from Bremerton called MXBX, which is like a pop punk band, very, mm -hmm. very well known. And um, same, like I said, story of my life. I come here all the time. I bring my wife, she was a traveling nurse. I bring my wife here once be before I go on tour. And I always make that joke. I was like, that was the biggest mistake I've ever made. Cause she was like, we're moving here. I love it, blah, blah, blah. So we went back to Florida and came back and moved here. As soon as I moved here, I stopped playing with the band from Bremerton. So now I'm here again, doing nothing. <laughs> and, so, and this is, this is you said like 2013? 2013, yeah, 2013. Okay. So I'm here, uh, I'm working retail. I haven't worked in the kitchen in a while, but I was like, I need to do something, you know? I've been doing like something really cool that I take pride of is like, I'd never had a job I hated. I always done things that I love my whole life since I was a little kid. You know, I played guitar for 12 years for a living, you know, and I traveled <laughs> and all this. So I was like, I have to do something to create. And then I was like, what do I know? I know music and I know food. So I decided to go to culinary school locally. And then, which I wasn't even going to be a cook, to be completely honest with you. My plan going to culinary school, since I love developing and I love marketing, I was going to be a food marketing so I was going to develop brands and, you know, kind of what you do. Take yeah, yeah. Food and, you know, I still do a little bit. I actually do social media for restaurants. So I have a few restaurants that I do social media for and stuff. But it's kind of, um, I wouldn't say a hobby because I get paid, but it's kind, of, it's kind of more of like, I just love developing brands. Yeah, it's like a, a passion project. And I'm right. Exactly. I, told, I, I get it. It is. Um, well, that's cool. I don't think I knew you did that. I know that um, if you guys are not following um, the chef on Instagram or Garzan's um, Instagram, I'll link all that for you guys. Uh, it's all very well done. So you yeah. guys are doing, and I, I think that I, I think I'm a good judge. I think it looks very good. Your, <laughs> Thank you. your, your, your presence is exciting. Um, what you guys are doing online is edgy. Your website is, is oh. beautiful that you've done a, a really great job with the branding and I think we both know and I think we're getting to a point now where everyone knows how important that is is yeah. your online um, how you present yourself online yeah. is 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 a big part of, of, of how successful you're gonna be and you guys your stuff like every time I see you guys it's just like y'all are having a party yeah. everyone's happy the food looks awesome bright That's what colors I, was I, think, like, I think it really trends a lot of those I've seen a lot of brands that have really good presence, but when you go to the restaurant, it doesn't translate. I think we've done a great job in translating the colorful, loud vibe, you know, mm -hmm. into when you come to a pop-up and you're like, what's happening? Like we, we get a lot of, when we're at a fair aisle, a lot of people go into like to the, the bartenders, is there, is there a, like a private party back there? They're like, no, you can go. You, you know, like it, it really translates to what we do when we do pop-ups. Um, okay. Yeah. So, unless, so you, so you go to culinary school, so, um, local culinary school, you know, you're going to do something in food, but you're thinking it's not going to be in a kitchen. So nope. kind of walk us through, you know, that's like what, 2015 ish, 2014, 2015, 2014, um, 2015. Yeah. So tell us how you get from there to, um, having Garzon Latin street food. So I graduated culinary school. Um, I start trying to get clients. No one knows me. I'm the new guy in town. I'm a, I'm a culinary, you know, graduate and 
my friend tells me, you have to work in a kitchen because you don't want to be the culinary school graduate that doesn't know anything about a kitchen. Um, and then I was like, sure, I guess. And then I started working at a place in, in Woodenville that's very big, very well known. And I worked there and I fall in love with the fine dining food. I mean, I fall in love with ingredients. I fall in love with the industry. I fall in love with the late nights and the no sleeping and <laughs> and all that bad stuff. So Similar to the music world, right? I feel like... <laughs> literally the same. Like doing pop-ups is touring. It's literally what I'm doing. Yeah. It's like I'm packing up my car. I'm going there. I'm prepping just for like a two-hour show. And I'm setting up everything just like a merch table at a, at a tour. And, and we're there to talk to people. And people come and like, you know, oh, we've seen you online. We've been following you. for. It's like literally the same thing i'm doing the same thing i used to do that's, that's awesome though yeah, i mean i i totally i totally see the parallel i feel like they're very similar cultures and the totally. similar similar types of people that do both of those things you find a lot of musicians in the industry actually i've i've, I've you know i've gotten to know a lot of people that oh yeah i used to play music for so many years or i used to tour for so many years and now i'm cooking it's art you know art is art i think you'll find a lot of musicians that are painting now or a lot of cooks that are tattooing now. It's just art. You know what I'm saying? Def definitely. Um, okay, yeah. So super similar food, music, similar people, similar cultures. So totally. you decide you're going to, you know, go cook in some restaurants. And then how do you end up opening this, like, wildly successful pop-up business? I cook fine dining for about three years. <clears throat> I hate it. I hate the people. I hate the customers. I love the ingredients, I love the technique. And I hate to say that because I I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. I hate French food. <laughs> I'm totally against it. I hate that that's the only thing they teach in culinary school when there's so many other cultures that have amazing food. But let's move on from that because that's like a whole <laughs> other podcast. Um, so I hate it. And then I'm like, um, but at that point, there was nothing like we were doing, like what we're doing now. And there was no... There was no necessity for that. Like COVID really pushed pop-ups to be a thing because it was like the model changed completely from inside to outside, blah, blah, blah. So back then there was nothing. And I had the opportunity to go to uh, James Beard um, event in Seattle. I go there and I'm kind of just... Um, and you're, you know, I'm, I don't want to interrupt you, but you're, you're not cooking there. You're just, you're attending. I'm the just event. attending. Yeah. I'm just attending. Okay. Was this at the Fairmont Olympic hotel? Yep. yep. Okay. You were there. So I, I, yeah. I was, I was yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so I go there and then right before the dinner, they had all this, uh, uh, smaller chefs doing, uh, small bites outside. Mm -hmm. So I meet, uh, Melissa Miranda there. Yep. Melissa Miranda is like super dope. And she's like, yo, like she, she has no restaurant. She's working for an Italian restaurant at the point at that point. Yeah. She's just doing pop-ups. But she's there. She, I talked to her and I'm like, you know, this is really cool. We're talking about it. And she's like, yeah, we do pop-ups. And I was like, pop-ups. She's like, yeah, we just like, we go to places and sit up and sell food. And I was like, that sounds cool. <laughs> she's like, yeah, like you should come. And then I, we became friends there. And I went and saw a few of their pop-ups, uh, East Trading Co., and I attended yeah. a few other things. Um, uh, that same night, uh, Shara Nakajima was doing, was a part of the dinner. 
I remember and, and that. I, he was one of the, yeah, he was serving, he was yeah. serving bites before the dinner, the dinner yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I talked to him, party dude. I was like, this is my <laughs> kind of dude. You know, we're doing shots. We're like, he doesn't know me. <laughs> Sean is a fun guy, right? Yeah, like, he's just like, you know, you're cool. We're cool. Let's go. And then we're just eating, hanging out. Uh, but he's like, he's just like that with everybody, right? He's just very welcoming. And um, he had Adana at the, mo at the point. Yeah. And then he does a class in Kirkland, one of, of one one of those like um, like kitchen stores. I don't know what they're called. Uh, Sur La Tab, one of those Yeah, yeah, places. yeah, Sur La Tab, yeah. So he does like a demo there. So I go to that one. And that was a little more intimate. It was only like 20 people there. So I go to that and and he remembers me. He's like, yo, what's up? Like we started talking. After the whole thing, I kind of stick around and we're talking and I ask him just to see what he thinks. I was like, yo, uh, so what do you think about the Seattle scene food? And he's like, I don't know. It's all the same. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, right? I was like, I kind of felt listened because no one, everybody else was just like, you know, so excited about it. And I was just like, I just, it was just so uh, foreign to me, you know, like for like everything that was happening. So he's like, you know, you got to do what works for you. And I was just like, but I was honestly, and my main thing and something that it's, it's been developing, is just like, I was embarrassed of my food. That's what it, that's all it is. Rice and beans, it's not fine dining. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that I was embarrassed. I was just like, no one's going to like this. Everybody's going to look at me, you know, like I'm weird. And, you know, they're just not going to take me serious. So he's like, you know, I, I always remember Shutter says, that works for them. Do what works for you. And then I was just like, okay. So he actually invited me to stash out of Donna. Oh. So I, I worked, yeah. So I worked with him like for a week. He offers me a job at the end of the week. But at the moment, I was a private chef for a big, big um, company um, that did. Um, medical research okay so it was a bunch of doctors and scientists and i, I just cooked for it's a one-man job big kitchen i cook for everybody <clears throat> and i was making really good money monday through friday so i was like good hours yeah. yeah great hours so i was just like dude like i love to but i don't think i can like i don't think i can leave this job and he's like well if you want a job just come cook with me um it was like our vibe was so cool that he started inviting me for events. So we did. And then he's like, yo, I'm going to do an event at this place. You want to come? And then I started doing events with him, which kind of gave me an intro on what pop-ups were going to look like. Um, and then we, you know, I talked to him about Garzon and he really believed in the project from the beginning. He's like, yo, do that. Just do it. Um, there was other people involved too. They worked for Adana. They were like super excited. I still talk to Chris. I still talk to all those guys. Um, shout out, and yeah. then, uh, <laughs> and uh, and then right after that, I was just like, I'm gonna do it. And we actually started January 2019 is when we had our first pop up in Everett, and it just moved moved up from there. And I mean, I just I remember, I mean, yeah, January 2019. I mean, that's yeah. not that long ago. No. It seems like the last year lasted forever. But I yeah. mean, I feel like you guys just exploded on the food scene in Seattle and just all of a sudden you guys yeah. were a thing. I mean, it like, the I feel like it year, happened really fast. The first year was a lot of, 
you know, a lot of losing money, a lot of like not knowing anybody um, until we we got the hookup through. Um, I don't even remember through who, but we got we got to do a pop up at um, what's it called? It was a Filipino street food, East Trading Co. East Trading Co. Yeah, they were doing pop ups every Thursday, and we got invited. Domingo invited us to do a pop up there, and that was our first pop up in Seattle. We sold out in like an hour and a half. A lot of the a lot of the foodies came. A lot of like you know like um, like the the pod, the local podcast came, and they got to know us. So that's kind of like how we got our feet wet in Seattle. And then um, a few months later, we got another hookup through uh, Voyager Stable, Justin Kana. Mm-hmm. Super cool dude. Out of nowhere, he invited me to do a street food uh, market that they were doing at the tennis club. Huge thing. And then I kept in contact with Shara, and then we did the Osaka that same year. Yeah, the, 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 the one night in Osaka, that and that was, that was huge. I mean, that, that was... Yeah, that was that was one of the coolest parties I've ever been to. And Chef Shota was was there. Obviously, you were there. Um, like I said, I remember. Soma was there. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. It was like Shota Nakajima, Soma, and all this awesome chef. And then I'm right there, and I'm like, "What am I doing here?" No, <laughs> I'm telling you that <laughs> that dish was so good, and your food was 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 amazing. I think that um, gosh, Harold was there from. Yeah. Umami yeah. Kushi was great. I mean, it was it was just a stellar lineup yeah. of food. And Justin Kana yeah. was there. Yeah, Justin Kana. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, Justin was there like serving food, not with yeah. his camera. Yeah, I have yeah, I have pictures of all you guys from that night. I'll yeah. have to that was a crazy take them out of the archive. So many chefs together, they we were all just partying and serving food. That was awesome. That was that was so much fun. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe in a year or two we can have another big party like that. But yeah, Shota yeah. knows how to throw a party. He got he got all the best people. Was there awesome. was like aerial dancers and fire mm-hmm. and 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 girls pouring drinks like yeah. from the ceiling. Yeah, like was it was awesome. it was it was crazy. Well, mm-hmm. okay, so kind of just take a second and just like describe yeah. your style of food. I mean, you obviously have all these influences. You're from Ecuador. You lived in Miami right. a long time. Right. Like. Tell us a little bit and maybe a little bit about your business partner and kind of y'all's vision for the food. Right. So when, uh, as a touring musician, I got to travel a ton. I got to eat lots of street food in Argentina and Colombia and Peru and Bolivia and Chile and all these places. And um, when I was creating the concept for Garzona and Street Food, I didn't want it to be an Ecuadorian restaurant or a Colombian restaurant. I just I just called it Latinx street food because I wanted to be able to do all kinds of food. So what we serve is street food from all over Latin America. We have Colombian hot dogs. We have, you know, the, our rice bowls are mainly Caribbean style, but we also have like some Ecuadorian food. We also have, um, you know, a little bit of everything. A lot of the stuff I ate in Puerto Rico. So it's a little bit of everything I ate in my travels, like literally just put them on paper and that's my menu you're making me so hungry right now I <laughs> it's like almost two o'clock I haven't yeah. eaten lunch yet everyone um that's I mean I yeah. I love that though and I mean yeah. Latin food just like you said being like being close by the water all the different influences yeah. there are just I so know. many delicious flavors happening um I have not had the pleasure of going to Ecuador but I yeah. have been to Colombia I've been yeah. to Argentina uh, all over the Caribbean and yeah. Mexico um, Buenos Aires is one of my favorite places in the world is Buenos Aires not amazing okay so what you know how people is like what's better 
like, you know, uh, New York pizza or Chicago pizza. <laughs> and then somebody's like, Italian pizza. That's because they never had Buenos Aires pizza. Buenos Aires pizza is the best pizza in the world. Don't at me. <laughs> well, no, because I will tell you, I did not realize this until I went to Argentina for a few weeks um, in like 2017. There is a lot of Italian influence in Buenos Aires. Huge. And so they actually have, I have had like some of the best pasta I ever had in my oh. life in Buenos Aires. So I don't think, I didn't know about the pizza, but I ate a ton of pasta and I ate Oh my God, I ate like steak lunches every yeah, day absolutely. and you're just getting a bottle of wine for like $4. Yeah. It's like, I yeah. remember going out to cap like like lunch restaurants and getting steaks and it was literally, yeah. you could get a bottle of wine for the same price of a bottle of sparkling water. Oh yeah. So it's, oh man, when are, we, when are we going? <laughs> the, cool, the cool thing about Argentina is that every neighborhood make their own wine. So you can go to different neighborhoods and try different kinds of wine that are made locally. You know, and they're like a dollar or two dollars a bottle. So isn't it crazy yeah. that yeah, I just remember being able to get like nice bottles of wine there. Yeah, for like five bucks. Like you can yeah. go to like the, the meat and cheese shops and oh, yeah. get like a yeah. huge spread and spend like eight. I just Yeah, the Milanesa, make... the empanadas. I mean, it's just it's amazing. It's to me going to Buenos Aires it's like going to Italy. It's 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 just as the culture is, is is very similar, the food is very similar, and and the, the people, it's it's just so well yeah. there, so amazing. Very inviting. Yeah. Everyone's staying up late. It's always yeah. a party. party like sure. it's yeah. I'm I'm ready to go back. Actually, it's it's, it's also one of my favorite cities that oh, I yeah. that I have been to. Um, yeah, so that's how. Um, so that's what we do. We try to. A lot of people when they see Latinx street food, they think, oh, so you do tacos, and I'm like. We do sometimes. We have a Mexican <laughs> restaurant where people's like, I love Mexican food. I love Mexican food too, but that's not really what we do. And that was one of my things when I was when I created the menus and when I was doing the concept, it's like there's so many Mexican restaurants in Seattle already. So I didn't want to be a Mexican restaurant or a Ecuadorian restaurant. I just wanted to be able to do, you know, all kinds of food and you know some you know we do there's a lot of fried rice in ecuador we do fried rice we do pork yeah. belly fried rice with a fried egg on top I'm so do, hungry <laughs> we, do, we do uh there's a peruvian dish uh called lomo saltado which is like a, a steak and, and and peppers and onions that's made on a wok and then we made it with soba so soba noodles soba noodles lomo saltado so we we do a lot of a lot of fusion which i hate that word but let's just say <laughs> it's a lot of fusion um, and that was, that's what we wanted to do from the beginning. We didn't want to be one thing. And I think that's like my marketing brain thinking, I didn't want my target market to be just this little thing. I want everybody to like it. You know what I'm saying? I want everybody yeah. to also come in and feel comfortable. You know, it's just rice and meat or it's just noodles and meat, or it's just like, you know, we, we're very, um, we have a lot of vegetarians, gluten-free and vegan, uh, customers because all of our sites are, are vegetable. So all of our sites are vegetable based. Like our beans don't have any meat, our rice, obviously. It's just so, even if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you can come to a pop-up gluten-free and just eat everything but the meat. That's what I always <laughs> tell them. Like, you have anything vegetarian or vegan? I'm like, everything is vegetarian and vegan except for the meat. And they that's, love it. That's awesome. Because, I mean, we know how many people in Seattle are <laughs> vegan, yeah. gluten-free. Yeah. A lot of, to be honest, a lot of people in the industry looks down to that. 
more money for me. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love and I love the challenge too. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, my mother-in-law is vegan and like, um, you know, I have a bunch of vegan friends. One of my best friends is vegetarian. So I, I love cooking for, I, I like the, the challenge and I, because it's really easy to put a bunch of fat on something and make it delicious. Mm-hmm. But when, you know, making something vegetarian or vegan is a lot harder. And I love that challenge. Yeah. You add butter to anything <laughs> yeah. or bacon. And yeah, that's not, that's not hard to do, but yeah. I mean, I, I'm actually, I, I'm a big fruits and veggie eater. I mean, uh, I definitely don't eat meat every day. Uh, definitely not three times a day. Yeah. And I'm, I love simple things. I'm so excited that summer is like around the corner and I just yeah. went and bought like a bunch of tomato plants totally. and just like simple, fresh, fresh stuff. Yeah. Like we're making, yeah. we're making ceviche right now. Uh, we're making a lot of the, like, you know, a lot of the plantain stuff for summer. We're bringing back uh, a lot of the small bites. Like we didn't do empanadas or anything like small like that because there's a lot of labor for the winter. But we're bringing those back too. We do uh, we do carne guisada egg rolls. We do empanadas of different kinds of empanadas. So the menu is changing right now, and I'm super excited for it. And you're still like um, you're still you know you're still doing pop ups, and you yeah. have a you know a couple like locations that you yeah. work out of pretty regularly um during covid that was all yeah. like they were all takeout pop-ups yeah right? that was and, crazy and now people are actually able to go in and you or, and eat your food there right now yes so we actually almost went out of business through covid like everybody else right yeah. we we just almost stopped doing it because we got to a point it was to the point where we don't have a location so we depend on other people to let us come serve food other places and these places were closed or they were barely serving food themselves you know so we got to the point where we were just like let's just we actually stopped for two months to kind of regroup and 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 adapt and what we ended up doing is we did uh home meals for about three months um we were putting in and saying it got super big um, we started with a seven person mailing list and we ended up with, we have almost like 500 right now, um, that we send a, a menu every Sunday. We used to send 90 more. We don't do it anymore cause we're busy doing pop-ups, but we send a menu every Sunday and then you can order through our website, but it was just me cooking. So I couldn't do more than 30 orders. And this was like, you know, appetizer, main entree dessert sometimes and then I put a bunch of extras so for 30 people you know that's 120 units so that's yeah. a lot for it doesn't sound a lot, a lot of work so, yeah. so um uh it was selling out in two days and then it was just me cooking all this food and packaging it and my partner Stephanie was delivering once actually we were doing deliveries to Seattle and Snohomish County and King County only so she was going to Seattle I was staying in Snohomish County and and it you're and you're selling these out in a couple days, and like I mean, yeah. for an, anyone that listened to the podcast last week, um, we had Drew Marquis on, who <laughs> who launched a barbecue business. He yeah. was the chef at De La Renti and Pike yeah. Place Market for many years, and you know, again, like I, 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 I 
I hate to say a COVID success story, yeah. but like he too started, he started off doing delivering barbecue to people's yeah. homes when, yeah. you know, his business closed. And then it started being the pop-ups maybe two or three months after just like yeah. you. And they also got like wildly and insanely yeah. popular. I think as we started to figure out that, you know, we can do like kind of takeout pop-ups, you know, right, like, right, yeah. like similar to you, people were just lining yeah. up to pick up takeout boxes of his barbecue. Yeah. I after, after three months of doing home meals, I was burned out. I was like, I don't want to do this. And it was not, it was like good. It paid the bills, but it wasn't fun. You know what I'm saying? It was just me cooking in my kitchen. I'm all about like, you know, being with people and partying and all this. So it wasn't, it wasn't also helping to the development of the actual concept of Garzon. So I just decided to be like, you know, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop again. And then that's when we went into phase whatever i don't even know the numbers anymore <laughs> where we can be to go and then i started getting uh started doing pop-ups here and there for to goes and blah 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 but we it was it was hard times it was really hard times and yeah and during all this time didn't you you have two young children didn't you have yes. twins during this Almost time two. yes through this whole thing so i started the business in uh january and I have my kids in June. So through this whole time, my wife is a, uh, a delivery nurse, uh, Swedish. So she works three days. I work three days. And then we have one family day. So we're both like when I'm not with the baby, she's with the babies. And when, you know, then we have the one day. It's it's still like that. We're, we're a lot better now. <laughs> yeah. We're sleeping a little more. But um uh, it was hard. It was hard. Time. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, the first year is like it's like a thankless job. You know, you're like just doing, you know, serving food, serving food, and no one's paying attention. The 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 concept is not really developing. No one cares. You know, blah blah blah. People's just you know supporting the little bit of crowd you made before. We were lucky enough to be a pop up restaurant for almost a year before COVID. Like, if we were a pop-up maybe we would never made it if we were a pop-up during COVID I don't know yeah um a year later though everything started happening so fast we got on uh the uh 20 best pop-ups in Seattle Eater I saw that and then the same week we got Seattle Times for pop-ups you should visit and then the same the week after we got infatuation like number one pop up in ballot or something, and then three list put us. So it was just like no one An cared explosion. about us. I remember that. Yeah. I remember you posting on either Facebook or Instagram, yeah, yeah. just like it's blowing up this week. Like yeah. we like another one. Like yeah. when when was that, Jose? Was that like it was six months ago, a year ago? Even, no, it was. That was like January. It was literally for almost two years. We were, you know, we had uh, regulars and we had people that yeah, they liked us and stuff, but it was more of a community-driven pop-up. It was just like we yeah. were, we really take the time. We're a little bit different than other pop-ups. Uh, my partner Stephanie's really good. She comes from customer service. Uh, she comes from Christian missions, so she's really good at making connections and and she also takes care of all the front of house. Uh, a lot of people give me credit for all the for all the cool looks and that's not me at all <laughs> all the you know the tablecloths and the plans and all the cool vibes that's her so um she uh we were really uh lucky to uh be able to be a pop-up before covid to kind of create community around it mm -hmm. and then uh one day 
one person cared, like one media cared, and then everybody was like, that's how that goes, right? Like, yeah, Eater, right. Eater says something, and then it was, oh, yeah, that's right, because Eater's saying it's out. And, you know, so it's one well, of those things. Uh, but, you know, we're still, I think my main thing is it's not really about that. My main, our main goal um, is to party with you, to, to create <laughs> connections. I mean, we have, we've been in, in, in Ballard, uh, Fair Isle, every Thursday since August. And we have regulars that have been there every Thursday since August. It's so cute because now they have, like, our merch and they come to the pop-ups with, like, the Garçon shirts. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, like, they, it's, it's so cool. And, like, now, like, a lot of them are our friends, you know, and, like, we go out to eat and we hang out. And, like, it's just, it's just super cool to see it grow. And that's more, like, what we're about, about community and about, you know, making friends and making memories more than... You know, I appreciate the media, but um, it's one of those things where you need both of them, you know? Definitely. Well, and I mean, that's, I cannot remember the exact quote, but Anthony Bourdain um, said, and I've read all his books, but one of his books, he said, like, I don't know, such a small percentage of the meal is how good the food was. Mm -hmm. It's how you felt when you ate it, who was around you, were you, you know, were you in a good mood? Was the service good? Like, you know, the difference between the difference in how someone greets you at the door when you arrive at a restaurant, you know, that sets the whole tone. So it's just like, you know, I mean, for me, if the food is, is amazing mm-hmm. but the service is shitty or the people yeah. are rude i mean i'm not i'm not gonna yeah. go back and eat Definitely there not. you know it's 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 so Definitely important not. to have both yeah. and and we only have one 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 shot you know it's one of those things the people in seattle is one of those customers that they don't give you a second chance if they because there's so much <laughs> they live yeah so That's- you go to a restaurant and the food was whatever, the food was good, but the service was bad or vice versa, whatever, you have the luxury of saying, I'm not going back, Yeah. you know, and, you know, but in other places, like, you know, like in the South, like, or, you know, like in a lot of the, like, even in Miami, like in Miami, there's so many, like, of the same restaurant, right? But there's a bunch of, like, little places that are a little bit different. <clears throat> there was one of my favorite places in Fort Myers, Florida, it was a little uh, Chino Latino. It was like a Cuban lady that married a Chinese guy and they, they had a Chinese place. It was like a Chinese takeout place, but they had like, you know, they have like pernil fried rice and, and plantains and like all this like fusion, like it's amazing. And the service was terrible. The place was dirty. Like there was a dog always chilling there. There was a little kid doing homework on a table, you know, but the line was out the door because the food was amazing, you know, and they were really nice, but it was just like, nobody went there for the service. You were there for the food, you know? So you have to have one or the other. Yeah, and it helps to have both. And I think you yeah. guys, I mean, I know your your food is amazing. I haven't had gotten to have it in a while because I'm <laughs> out here in Walla Walla and you're doing all these cool pop-ups in Seattle, but I, I know your food is amazing. I know that you guys like, you get it. Like, I mean, hospitality, right? It yeah. is. It's about being, making feel people feel totally. comfortable, a, a part of the community. I mean, that's what, that's what restaurants are all, all about. Something that's- as simple as remembering someone's name. You know, we, we do that a lot where we, you know, you come to a pop-up and then, you know, we ask you, how was the food? And then we'll see you soon. And then you actually come back, you know, Hey, Steph, what's up? Thanks for coming mm-hmm. back. Like, 
we really take the time to make the connections more than a customer. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that it makes all the difference in the world. Um, you know, the sweetest sound to anyone is their own name. Like if right. you for someone's name, right, like right, that, right. that, that goes, that goes such a, a long way. Well, um, well, gosh, this has been so cool talking food with you. Like before we wrap up here in a minute, tell, tell us how people can find you guys, where they can get your food, how they can book you, what's coming next. Um, just, yeah, tell us how to get Garzon. So the easiest way to find us is at garzonpnw.com. Um, that's our website. Our calendar there is usually, usually, because I'm the only one that, that you know, gets on that. It's usually a right <laughs> So you'll have all the dates there, but the best way is to go on Instagram at Garzon PNW. And I pose almost every day. And when I'm doing pop-ups, I'm also posting and I'm, you know, doing updates. Um, that's the easiest way to find us. We are at Fair Isle Brewing in Ballard every Thursday from 4 to 9 p.m. And we are one Saturday a month uh, in Lake City at the Growler Guys. Um, those are our two only residencies, but we have a bunch of new places that we're going to be going into in May. Uh, we're doing one-ups and we also, uh, have a new, uh, residency that we're doing. Um, we also have a food card that we're working on, uh, putting out and we are working on a being more permanent in Snohomish County. So for the people in Snohomish County, we are working to, uh, I can't give a lot, a lot of details right now because it's not 100%, but uh, we are working with a really cool venue from Everett that is transitioning from music venue into full-time music venue bar uh, art center. Uh, and they wanted us to be there, or they want us to be their, uh, their residence pop-up. So we are working the details with the Snohomish County Health Department right now and it's going to be a late night, late night window in downtown Everett. And then it's also going to be, they have like outdoor seating and they have indoor seating and they have it's a full bar and they're also going to have concerts, there, shows and stuff. So it's, it's really cool. So stay Sounds tuned for perfect that. perfect for I you, know. right? It's like your yeah. two loves combined yeah. into one yeah. crazy, amazing I thing. I just, I'm just going to let it kill me. I'm just going to live there. You're just going to. I'm moving my whole family into that venue and I'm just going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I know that you are just going to continue to get busier and busier. And I just feel like, I mean, I think we're all starting to see things wake back up a little after COVID yes. people are wanting to go out. It felt so good. I was in Seattle last week shooting a couple small events, a takeout yeah. event and a small event. And so I don't think that you're going to have any rest anytime soon. <laughs> But, um, you know, you I that. think that's like the life you live. And, I know. You know, that's, I that's it. I love it. I can't say that, you know, I, when I work, you know, a whole week of 14 hour days, I'm always like, man, I wish I had a day off. And as soon as I have a day off, I wake up at six in the morning and my brain is just going and I, I don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things I love it and I hate it, but I think I love it a little bit more than I hate it. So I'm going to keep doing it. I think you should definitely keep doing it. <laughs> Keep keep bringing the the Latinx street food to the to the people. Um, I am definitely gonna try to come see you yes, like next time it. I'm in Seattle and 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 it yeah. overlaps because I'm telling you I'm so hungry after hearing you <laughs> talk about all the delicious things that you please guys please. that you guys cook up. Well, um, 
Thank you so much uh, for taking the time. It was so cool talking, talking food, talking travel with you, talking music with you. Definitely, like, I knew that you were an interesting, cool person, but I feel like you're just, like, I didn't know you were this interesting. Like, what an exciting and super cool life you've had and what a fun road with music and food overlapping. Um, you guys heard him. If you want to check out what's what's going on with Garzon on Instagram at Garzon PNW. Their website is also GarzonPNW.com. And Chef keeps those updated with where you can find them. And sounds like they're going to be even busier coming up in the next couple months. So just stay tuned to the Instagram. Um, Chef. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I'll see you soon. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, and that's a wrap. <laughs>